hold on a second. Yeah. How come no response to air on a G string? Air on a G string? Don't give me that. I, I didn't get it. Look. Like, I didn't get it. Did you, te- it. did you text me some juice and I didn't see it? Well, I'm not going to call it juice, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Andrew, hello. Hello. I'm trying. I'm trying to start you off with some high energy today. Shake it up a little bit. Are you suggesting that my energy has been lacking in previous episodes? No. You know what? I'm suggesting that my energy is lacking today, and I'm doing what I can to like hype myself up. Had a little bit of tequila last night, and uh, you know, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to bounce it back up. So I'm hyping us up. All right. What's up? You're here for pure cardio. You ready to hit it? Stay safe. Yes. Thank you, Sean T. We have a very, very important episode to discuss today. I think so. Yeah, it's very, it's very important and it feels very familiar. It really does. Not only is it the first true sequel in the Viewsk universe, it is the first true sequel of Icon or Wycon because we are re-recording our episode of Clerks 2. CJ, why are we re-recording our episode of Clerks 2? Because Andrew sucks. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The, no, the technology boned us. It really did the episode last time and only my segments uh, were able to save because the computer knows that what I say is the most important, but we do need Andrew's sort of like, hmm, let's say some of his ideas to propel me forward and for the listeners to understand what's happening. I basically exist to be the stage for you to create on is what this is like. Yeah. You are Randall and I, yeah, I just, you know, I just, I just hold it up and, and keep the things moving. You know, and I'm here for that. I, I really, I really like to be a, a support, basically a, a friend bra, if you will. I am the main character. Always, always. It is about the Sajay. <laughs> hey, did you paint your room? Uh, yeah, it's green. It's seafoam green. It's beautiful. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I actually called it mint and my roommate got upset because it's pistachio specifically. Okay. But I, I think it's lovely. I think it's a beautiful color. It really does. Yeah. It, it highlights. It, it's nice is what I'm saying. It's really nice. It looks, Thank you. It looks, not that it looks better, but it looks really great. Thank you. And a fresh coat of paint really does wonders. The guy did a really good job. Only got a little bit on my weights. Oh, you didn't do it? No. You had someone come in and paint it? Yeah. Did you socially distance? Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. He wore a mask the whole time as he should. He is painting. Um, oh, right. Yeah. So right. like, yeah, he just did like they thing. paint they paint the the quickie mart at the end of the movie that we're about to discuss the quick Spoiler stop alert. sir quickie mart Spoiler is the alert. simpsons i know i said i i listened to the first one and my wife was like why do you keep saying quickie mart like that's yeah. what it's called it's not it's the quick stop it's the quick stop but uh in your defense we grew up on the simpsons man like yeah yeah just in my brain thing. yeah Anyhow, we're here to talk about Clerks 2, and I'm very excited about it. I actually love this movie. Love this movie. Love this movie because the technology boned us. I got to watch it again, Mm. and this is now the fourth time that I've watched it. If you you knew in the the previous episode, I said I've never seen it, and now I've seen it four times in the span of a couple couple of months. So it's it's fantastic, and I'm ready to I'm ready to tear it apart and talk about it. All right, let's let's just rip right in, man. So like this movie comes out hot comes in the black and white sequence and then shows quick stop on fire, switching to color, like right out the gate. He's like, everything, you know, has been burnt to the ground and we're in color. We're going to burn it to the ground and we're going to, we're going to go on a journey and it's going to be the same, but it's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. It's very different actually. It is very different, uh, but there's no chapter cards anymore. There's one. We've got one, right? We've got the Jay and Silent Bob return. Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. From the first 10 minutes on, they're deviating away from everything you remember Clerks to be. And uh, and that's kind of great because between Clerks 1 and 2, his filmmaking ability has just really grown and shifted. Absolutely. It's, it's It's so great to watch this movie knowing that it's the guy that did clerks and yeah. all rats, right? Like it's so, it's so wonderful to watch his evolution as a filmmaker. And we're coming off of Jay and silent Bob in the view of universe. Uh, I think we're coming off, we're coming off of Jersey girl 
in real life. Yep. He did Jersey Girl in real life right after that. Right. And so to see this movie that is so well put together and has so many different and wonderful moments and, and, and tropes and, and the story is just, it's, it's simple, but it's, but it's excellent. The characters are, they haven't really grown up. They haven't really changed much since we last saw them at the quick stop, but oh boy, are they about to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hot take Jersey girl. Wasn't bad. No. I mean, I think, I think Jersey girl for me, Jersey girl is kind of like the prequels. It's they, they weren't bad. They just weren't what we wanted. Attack of the Clones is one of the worst things I've ever seen, and we'll fight about that later. I know, but it's not the worst. <laughs> it's not. It's not like it's not a bad, bad movie. Well, Attack of the Clones is really bad, CJ. I watched it a lot in the theater, Andrew. I did, but anyway, I digress. Yeah. I, I, I just think that that with Jersey Girl, which is a whole different episode that we could get into. You know, I think that the audience went to the theater expecting something, and they didn't get it. Yeah. You know. It delivered that, a different take than we're used to from him, and we weren't here for it. Also yeah, that, came on the heels that, of Geely, and that was unfortunate for that movie. That's right. That was unfortunate for a lot of people, though, Geely. Wow, man. You know? That's a whole other story. But anyway, so he's coming off of Jersey Girl, and uh, Jersey Girl was ostensibly a disappointment uh, yes. for a lot of fans and for a lot of uh, theater goers in general. And so him revisiting Clerks... We really didn't know what to expect. I remember I was living in New York at the time. I had just moved up here pretty recently. And I was so excited about it because these movies are such a part of my development and my childhood. And I was super excited to see it. But there was a lot of chatter online about why go back to the Viusk universe now. Like uh-huh. you made such a big deal about closing it. You made such a big deal about moving past it. And you moving past it didn't go well. People were ready to kind of crucify him about this. But the hardcore fans were really into it. And then the movie comes out and he really, really delivers something really special. Um, Deliciously inappropriate at times. Lots of, lots of inappropriateness, uh, lots of, lots of cringy moments, but they're located inside of this beautiful shell. Yeah. And I think that because the shell of the movie and you, I'm using the word shell in a way that, is, is different than sometimes people, oh, it's just a shell. But the shell of this movie is, is so good that you sort of, like, I forgive a lot of the things that happen. You know, it's sort of like, oh, okay, I see that there's a point to that. That's just a little bit too much. But, oh, here's another great moment that we're able to share with characters and, you know, they're growing and they're developing. And that's, that's what storytelling is. And, you know, you're going to have, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to have some moments that are just like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening right now? But they're, they're, they're packed within a, you know, a great, great story. All of it adds up, which is what I love about it. It's really tight and uh, tidy. Everything's really answered for and, and done well. The architecture of it is really, really smart. Like you were saying, there are some beats that I'm just like, I don't know, man. I can't really go down there. But at the same time, I think it's important to celebrate an artist that has achieved the level of fame that he had and then doubled down and really gave you something reckless and dangerous, which is what he was known for. A lot of times you see people that come on the scene with something reckless and dangerous. And then as soon as they get popular, it gets super safe. Yeah. They abandoned that. They yeah. Abandoned that. And they so the fact that they did not dance with the girl that brought him. No. And so the fact that we've seen him grow as a filmmaker, leave the voice that he was known for, do something different, didn't really go well. When he comes back to what we know him for, he really doubles down and does something really edgy. And by this point, he's a grown up. He's a dad. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and we he see Harley for, in the movie way later. She makes an appearance. We do see a little brief Harley. Yep. I love that he named his daughter Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Good you know, stuff. I want to name my son Kellel. Okay. Yeah, Bart's not into it. Bart's really not into any sort of Superman naming scheme I've come up with for our children. Yeah, I support you, though. Thank you, CJ. Well, has my vote. Um, what was I going to say? Harley Quinn. Oh, do you remember Harlequin Studios in Manhattan? Yeah. Too. Yeah, remember Harlequin? Yeah. Wasn't it? it was on 46. It was like right next to the Lunt. Yeah. The place was a dump. Gone now. There I go. 
Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the movie poster and how each letter in Clerks is a different letter from a fast food chain. Isn't that some good designing? So good. I think it's really, really good. Um, so good. And I love fast food. I do too. What's your favorite? Okay. Breakfast or, 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 or lunch dinner? All right. Big question here. I didn't realize what I was opening. Uh, breakfast. McDonald's. Absolutely right. Lunch dinner. Duh. Duh. Uh, and then lunch dinner, Burger King. Burger King. So are you ready for this? I think Burger King has the best chicken sandwich. Burger King has the best chicken sandwich. That's what I get every time. I get the crispy chicken, 86 lettuce, sub cheese, medium meal with a Dr. Pepper. It's so good. That chicken sandwich is great. That chicken sandwich there is, man. There's nothing better. It's really, really good. Wendy Spicy hangs too. No, Wendy's is good, but like Burger King is is that shit. And I'll tell you, the first time I ate a Burger King chicken sandwich, I vomited. Why? I don't know. I was like eight or nine. I think I was eight or nine. And then I just I puked it up. I just vomited it out. I don't know why. And and but I was like, this that was a fluke. It, it had to be a fluke because that chicken sandwich is fire. Yeah, but around the same time, I ate bananas and I vomited those up, and I didn't eat bananas another banana for a decade. It's funny how things scar you, you know, <laughs> it's like, things just scar you. Uh, I gave up pizza for a whole six months after a bad bout. And uh, in retrospect, it might've been the gallon of pineapple vodka I drank and not the pizza, but I sure right. did give up pizza for six months. Blame right. the pizza. I've given up oysters because I drank a bottle of Pinot Grigio and ate like six oysters and got really sick. Yeah. It must've been the oysters. I haven't walked away from the Pinot Grigio though. I'll tell you that. Ah, that's real talk. I'm basically a male version of Bojack Horseman. So, um, <laughs> I love I love this fast food tangent because our our heroes have to leave their jobs at Quickstop and RST Video, and they end up at this movies. And movies is like uh, it's it's a McDonald's stand-in, yeah. Yeah, but it was also a real Burger King. It was a legit Burger King. It was a Burger King that they they fashioned to be a movies. It um, looks like a Burger King. Yeah, and they ended up there because. Like we said, the quick stop burned down. And I love it. This is one of the first, there's two great camera moves on Dante in this movie. The first mm-hmm. is at, after the quick stop burns down. It's just a slow, you know, zoom in on him and his face. And you can see it's like, uh-oh, I've got a problem in life, you know? And then the next time we see him, he's working at movies. Yeah. Yeah, he's always got a problem though. That's his thing. And the movie loves to explore that fact about him, that he is in a pit of despair always yeah well his fiance says it it's like you're just you're just freaked out because you're used to life shitting on you yeah so let's talk about his fiance emma emma so, so emma played by beautifully actually played by jennifer schwalbach smith yep very nicely done a, a good turn by her oh she does a fantastic job and she kills me because Emma's not a bad person, but the writing does tell us we're not supposed to like her. And maybe it's because Randall doesn't like her. Randall hates so. her. I think it's because Randall doesn't like her because and when we, she first, when she first comes in, we find out that, you know, she's his girlfriend or we find out in the next scene that it's actually fiance. Uh, she's beautiful. She jumps across the counter. She kisses him. She's got an oversized clit but we're not going to hold that against her. And like, everything is great in Dante's world. The next scene is when we find out that we're not supposed to like her vis-a-vis Randall, not being into her. When Randall says, you say a naturally large clit, I say a little cock. <laughs> yeah. It's like the next stop is a guy with an undersized penis. And there's a, whoa, <laughs> uh, we got, and, and Emma is another Degrassi reference because Emma was Emma Nelson from Degrassi, the next generation. And also Caitlin Bree was uh, Caitlin Ryan from Degrassi high. So really he loves Degrassi. He fucking loves Degrassi, man. It's got a soft spot for Canadian melodrama. I mean, that's I'm married to one, so I must as well. You're married to a Canadian melodrama. Yeah, no <laughs> married to a Canadian. So I must have a soft spot for Canadian melodrama. Why do I have to, fucking explain everything to you man listen i'm just trying to put the pieces together man i don't know where oregon is. is we've established this it's the plight it's the plight of the ingenue over here it really is so <laughs> did, you, did you notice that emma's last name is bunting 
No, I did not notice that. You're a sports guy. Emma's last name is Bunting. Will you explain Bunting, bunting to our 17 listeners? Okay, well, when you bunt, it's oftentimes to sacrifice a runner from the base they're on to the next base. You're giving yourself up to bunt them over. There's also a drag bunt, bunt for a base hit, but only guys that are quickie do that. Oh, also bunting is not an actual swing. It's a hit, but it's not a legit swing. And I love giving up. I love that that's her name. Yeah. She's Emma Bunting and she completely exists to be Dante's. I'll do this. Dante's sure. Dante's you'll do. Yep. And it yep. sucks because she's actually cool. Oh, she is cool. And she's that's actually really cool. She's a little too much, but like, that's okay. We've all dated somebody that's a little bit too much. Oh, sure. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but I, I love that this, this movie doesn't really have a villain. Nah, the villain no. is, is their inability to grow up. That's right. That's right. Which the villain, is their circumstances that they cannot change. Which is so great. I want to talk to you about Randall. Speaking of Emma and how Randall hates Emma and actually what's super sexy is that Emma can actually like hang. Emma spars with Randall really nicely. Oh yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. She, and she's really open about when she's like, I guess we'll invite Randall to the wedding. Like that's your, your husband's best friend, man. She flashes him with the see-through bra. Oh yeah. Nails it. She's so cool. She's she's cool. She's funny and cool. And she's cool. And Dante's lucky to have her, but Unfortunately, it's just not, it's not the way Dante's supposed to go. But, but Randall, yes, and right away we find out he, he's the one that is responsible for the quick stop burning down. He's so fucking aloof that he doesn't even notice that the quick stop is burnt down, gets no. by the fireman. You know, he's getting picked up for work by Dante out of Kevin Smith's childhood home, by the Amazing. way. Amazing. What a good factoid. Jackson Street, something like that. Uh, yeah, and then we're, he's, he's at movies and he doesn't give, really give a shit. He's still bothering people on the internet. I just love that he's like back and worse than ever in this movie. Like the Randall rants in this movie are primo. He really does some epic things. Uh, the whole Helen Keller and Frank bit. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so <laughs> bad. The one that's all, it's like, no. Helen Keller and Frank was the Jewish girl who was hiding in a closet in the attic of the Nazis, had a diary. Oh, terrifying. It's so <laughs> it's so bad. Um, yeah, it's really bad. It's so bad. But it's funny. But it's, it's funny. It is funny. And that's, that's the big struggle with me about this movie yep. in that there's so much humor in it, but there is some shit in it that is legit terrible. King, king of the ignorance, man. And I really, I, I really feel that Kevin Smith writes that shit on this character to be like, hey, everybody, just so you know, that's what ignorance fucking looks like. I think so, too, because he's obviously way smarter than that. This can't be a, a stand in for his own feelings. Like he just knows what no. that what that jackass looks and sounds like and just leans into it. Yeah. And later when we get to like the big slur. You know, it's like, I, I, it's uncomfortable, obviously, but they're, they're, because they're playing it with humor and Earthquake and Wanda Sykes, I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but Earthquake and Wanda Sykes are fantastic. But I think, again, that's Kevin Smith, like turning the mirror and being like, hey, everybody, you ever had a conversation like this? You ever thought this way? You ever said something that was so fucking ignorant? You didn't even realize how ignorant it was. You had to work it out and realize that your grandma was racist and that shit fell down through to you, you know? Yeah, it's the way he brings up the grandma and justifying it because his grandma was a nice lady. Yeah, uh, and that's just how people talk. And that's how people talked, yeah. And she's from a different time. He just shrugs it off and he's, he's failing to put the pieces together. It does, it's super cringy and it does give the audience permission to connect the dots as to what the actual intention behind that scene is. But it is hard to hear those slurs, man. Oh, like, yeah. But, but I, again, Earthquake and Wanda Sykes do such a great job. And, you know, he even... Even thanks them in the credits, right? Uh, to Earthquake and Wanda, thanks for making the jokes. You know, and, and it actually one of my favorite lines of the whole movie is when Earthquake is like, "Honey, you can't taste racism." When she's like, "I'm not taking this food," <laughs> he's like, "You can't taste racism." Like, I, oh, okay. I totally hear what you're saying, and I, as cringy as that dialogue is to me, 
I knew I had permission to laugh because of what they were putting down in that scene. Because the right. two of them really sell that scene. Oh yeah, they, their, they their reaction the gives you permission to laugh. Right. Exactly. They're saying like we're we're in on this. We're in on the joke. You know, we understand what's going on. You know, we we understand the point of this. I love that we're talking about this because that reminds me of uh, the thing. The other thing that I found cringy about Randall's character, but now that we talk about it, maybe maybe we can say that it was another way of Kevin Smith holding the mirror up and being like, he's disgusting. Like, because uh, yeah. Randall's whole thing with the high school girls made me very uncomfortable. The high school girls, the high school girls. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and like now, granted, as soon as he's talking about high school girls, uh, it goes to the whole ass to mouth sequence, which is. I can't believe Ask them out that, and again, rewatching it, it's uh, the the three of them, the the comedic timing and the the dialogue, and the line delivery is fucking choice, man. They do they, such a great job. They are ask so good. We go ask them out. So, but but maybe you know, because I can see your take on how that scene with the slurs is supposed to get us to examine somebody we know like that, or maybe if that somebody is one of us speaking sure. in that way and interpreting life that way and understand that it's wrong and racist and inappropriate. Maybe uh, that whole dialogue with the high school girls is supposed to do the same thing. I think so. I think it's just like in mall rats or is it mall? No, sorry. <laughs> Chasing Amy with the, the young boys and the pornography and the oh, the super cringe. Yeah. I think, I think Kevin Smith is, is not a, a, an awful human yeah you know and i think that he really he puts this shit in there for us to look at it and say oh god do i do i do that like am i am i guilty of that is there someone i know that's guilty of that and you know it's 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 just holding up the mirror yeah saying, hey, everybody you know this is funny and we've all been laughing at this shit for decades but like maybe it's time to take a look at it yeah word i feel that that's really really real so speaking of the ass to mouth sequence, we got to talk about Rosario Dawson's turn in this movie because I is that not the coolest woman you've ever met? Like, I mean, why is Becky so cool? She is that shit. She is the bomb.com. She's everything you want in a boss and a friend and a lover. Oh my gosh. I can't deal with it. She's stunning. Sure. She's a stunning woman and that, her comedic yeah. timing is flawless. Her acting is great. And just the way she owns the room when she walks in. Yeah. She knows the character. Yeah. She knows, she knows what world she's in. She knows the relationships that she has to the other people. And she's ready to play. Yeah. Like she hangs with these boys so hard. Yeah. She knows, she knows what's up. And we almost, we almost didn't get her. I mean, she was like long down Harvey's list. Isn't that weird? Nope. Some of the names, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sarah Silverman, Ellen Pompeo. Can you imagine Meredith Grey up in this movie? I mean, Ellen Pompeo was really great in old school, though. Ellen Pompeo is great in everything, but I'm not sure about Clerks 2. I'm not sure about this character. I, I, I can't see Bryce Dallas Howard being Becky. How about Rachel Weisz? Am I saying that right? Is it a Weisz or a Wise? I think it's a Wise, but is I think Weisz is acceptable. Anyway, you know everyone who knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. I, on the list. I couldn't see her doing Becky either. I, Becky's so, there's some sort of, right? There's something so accessible about her. Yeah. And all those yeah, other women, that, all those other women that, are stars. You know, they're such stars. Yeah. And Rosario's a star, but somehow she, she made us believe she can hang like that. Yeah, she's, she's, closer, she's closer to the ground. And it's mm. funny, she, Rosario Darlston was like the only casting I liked in the Rent movie. I was like, oh, that's, that's Mimi. Sure. I'd buy that. She was great in that movie. Flawless. Everybody was too old in that movie. They were just too old. <laughs> they just weren't their younger selves anymore. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know why they made the decision to cast uh, the original cast. I guess for nostalgia's sake. No, it's producers are afraid. They don't ever yeah. want to take a chance. They, you know, they want to like cash in on something that they've already cashed in on instead of you know, lifting up new artists, lifting up new stories. You know, it's, it's, it's why we have reboot after reboot after remake after sequel. Yeah. We're also, talking about a sequel now, which is we're awesome. We're talking about a sequel now. And it's a great sequel. But, yeah. 
But also like uh, they don't trust the art when converting it into uh, a film. Like Michael Bennett really wanted the chorus line movie to be about people auditioning for the chorus line movie. He's like, that's the movie. Oh yeah, that'd been fucking great. Amazing, right? They didn't do that. But I digress. Rosario Dawson, brilliant, huge fan. Best part of the Rent movie. One of the best parts of this movie. She's A plus. And she's their boss. And and they have this really cool boss. And Dante and her have a weird relationship and he paints her toenails. Scene in the office, man. It's so great. And you're so, I was so excited when she finally dropped the bomb that they had fucked. I was like, yes, they've already done it. They've already, they've already gotten like the hard part out of the way. Now we're just going to watch what happens. Oh yeah. 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 It it wasn't going to be a will there, won't they moment. They did. He already did. Oh yeah. It's so cool. Uh, We left out one very important movies employee. Uh, We're going to talk about Elias. Oh, Elias. Elias. That kid is so good. (laughs) So good. He's everything you want him to be. He's, you know, he's every Lord of the Rings nerd that you know who's just obsessed with Lord of the Rings and Transformers. You find out right away, you know, it's like, I'm just excited because there's a live action Transformers movie coming out. You're like, yes, I was excited too. I was too, and I was let down. But that's a whole nother topic. I wasn't let down. I was thrown down to the ground, kicked in the teeth, and then I got pissed on. Legit. That movie. That's how that, that whole fucking series felt. Oh, my God. I gave that up. Will never, that will never be on Icon or Ycon because I don't even like that shit enough to ask a question. Listen, CJ, I gave up. I, I didn't. After the first one, I was like, I'm not doing it. Bart's like, they're worth that bad. That was my Bart voice. He's going to be so mad that I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't no. that I, bad. They were that bad. I watched they, every single one of them, man. Uh, even the one with the Knights of the Round Table? I watched them all, bro. Oh. I'm, I fucking love Transformers. I love Transformers so much that I ordered the entire cartoon from the 80s box set, every single episode from Japan. Okay? I fucking went to the end of the internet. I found the end of the internet. There's a small <laughs> boy there from idaho who is the keeper of the end of the internet you have to pay him three dollars and promise that you won't ever talk about him again i just did but i went to the end to find this thing and i found it and i had it fucking shipped from japan i'm not even going to tell you how much i paid for it that's how much i love transformers transformers was cool especially for guys in our generation transformers was everything and gobots were cool too um <laughs> What's funny? Like the Kmart of Transformers. Legit. Um, <laughs> I we talked about this a little bit in Dogma that I was raised evangelical Christian, yep. and so Elias is similarly kind of a stand-in for an evangelical Christian type. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the whole fight about Transformers and how he says that well, God made man and man made Transformers, so basically Transformers are a gift from God that religious tangential justification of things you like versus things you want to call demonic. Yep. Absolutely. I totally get that. I totally see him. You have to um, rationalize it, man. Cause if, if it goes against your, your faith is strong. Faith is strong in this one. And you have to find a way to, to step out a little bit on your faith and yeah. step out a little bit on your religion. For the and rationalize things you're into, rationalize things you like. Uh, right. But Elias is gold. Uh, so, couple, so great. Couple where, of great Elias moments. Where oh, that actor? Go? I have where no idea. Go? I have he no needs idea. To come back right he now. Was so funny. He so was funny. So funny. Um, also, that character is based on a character from the Clerks animated series. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, so Kevin like gives him that, gives us him. For those of few of us that watched every single episode of the Clerks animated series, I, I fucking love, love the Clerks animated series. Um, it's on my list, man. It's you got to watch list. it. It's very funny. Yeah. It's very, very, very funny. Uh, the Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars rant. Let's talk about that for a minute. Because it's that gold. shit. It's gold. And it was, I guess Kevin Smith like had was quoted on, on that at one point in some journal in London or something. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's perfect. And you've got that, you've got that actor, uh, Weissman, who's playing the, the Sean Astin role, we call it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Sean Astin. Uh, and they go when they go back and forth, and Randall's like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And you know it's a Kevin Smith movie, so you know it's coming. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? As soon as they bring up Lord of the Rings, you know Randall is going to jump in there and be like, "You know, there's only one return, and it wasn't of the King; it was of the Jedi." 
It's a good Randall. <laughs> Randall's the, the Randall's cadence is so specific. He's so okay. good. Um, I love how he talks about it's three movies of people fucking walking. Because I actually love the Lord of the Rings movies, but when he said that shit, I was like, they they legit walk the whole time. They just walk, you know, and like the guys in the bath, the black bathrobes show up every now and then to cause a stir. But yeah. for the most part, it's just a lot of walking and a lot of sexual tension between Frito and Sam. Frito? And I, said, I said Frito because Randall talked to Frito. You know, not to be not to be confused with Fredo later. Yeah. Oh, that's a good reference too. Yeah, so uh, we can't talk about Elias without talking about the whole pillow pants Lister fiend moment. <laughs> oh my god! And that's the fucking shining music playing underneath there. Just got that on the re rewatch. It's so it's so scary. It's oh so god, good. The, that music. His delivery and his crazy eyes that he's giving. He's like, yeah, yeah girlfriends talk yeah. about stuff. You know, they had a girlfriend, Randall. It's, it's so fucking good. It's so creepy. So uh, creepy. And you believe that he believes it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That there's a troll. And even and at that moment, Randall is speechless. Completely speechless. You're he has no idea. I believe what this kid just said because I couldn't. <laughs> it was yeah. so shocking. I just remember, I remember being in the theater. And what's funny is the shock of that, of the pillow pants monologue, has never gone away. Every time I see that scene, <laughs> I'm just like, I will, I will literally, it would be 2 p.m. on a Tuesday in the dead winter of December, and I will randomly pull that scene up on YouTube and have the same reaction. Pussy and, troll. And, <laughs> and the payoff of, he's like, have you guys even kissed yet? She's got a mouth troll. Yeah. Lister yeah. fiend. The look that he does, the his eyes sort of go back, and he, he tilts, his cocks his Trevor Fairman or Furman. That's the yeah. actor's name? It's the actor's name, and he is amazing. He's Come back. So, he's Get so great in this movie. movie that we watch, and we will watch it. We will pay the monies to get there because you're fantastic. Fantastic. We haven't really touched on Jay and Silent Bob a lot yet. Let's, let's go to them real quick. Jay and Silent Bob. The new and improved. Right, right from the start, new and improved. Why? Where have they been? They've been in rehab. Driving with a deployed airbag, six months in rehab. Both of those things are true. <laughs> yep. Both so good. Are true. And apparently, Jay, uh, Kevin said, if you can get off the drugs, Jason, we'll make this movie. And lo and behold, again. That's a friend, man. He made good on his, on his promise. He let yeah. him play Jay again. And, and now we know that he's going to play Jay again in Clerks 3. It's so great watching those two, man. That is <laughs> some friendship goals. It's fucking incredible. Yeah, right? Like, we should be so lucky, you and I standing in front of the Publix in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Oh, my yeah. God. What a specific <laughs> reference that I can immediately visualize in my head. I know that Publix. I would yeah. stand in front of that. I would eat subs with you there. Dude, I was just going to say, the best fucking sandwich in America. Pub sub. From a Publix. Yeah. Absolutely. It comes from a Publix. Yeah. And when you know, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, no one they're, of the, they're great. Standing in front of the... Did I just cut you off? It's okay. It's all right. Were you going to say sure. something interesting? I was going to talk about pub subs some more. Let's not. So yeah. Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> are standing in front of movies. Eat Pussy is written. And he just, Jay just looks, yeah, we do. <laughs> It's so good. And we find out early on that Randall did that as Dante's like, farewell. That was his farewell present. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. I love um, when Jay does goodbye horses. Oh my God. And apparently that's just a thing that he does. For Kevin Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so they put it in. But what comes right before that is he says, I'm bored. Yeah. Boredom is the first step on the road to relapse. Yeah. And Silent Bob is like, oh, I got you. Yeah. And yeah, it's with the chapstick. <laughs> you fuck me? I fuck me. Yeah, Muse, man, fucking A. We say it all the time, but he's just He's so funny. Treasure. What's great about that moment, the Goodbye Horses moment, though, is that he does it. We go back into the store. We have a whole conversation that is significant and relevant enough for us to forget that that was happening. That when we go back outside the store, he's gotten to the point where he's naked. Yeah. 
He's done. He's done the tuck back. He's done the tuck. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And the person I watched it with said, "Did we just see his dick?" I said, "No, he does the tuck back like Buffalo so Bill." Cute. They were disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he does so many shocking things in this movie that I would be surprised if this was the movie. He's like, "Yeah, pulled a dick out." Let's just do it. Yeah. As far, as far as shock value goes, he really does go to a new level with Kinky Kelly and the sexy stud. Wow. Yeah. I just went for it. We got, we're going to have to talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the moment. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen it now four times and I'm uncomfortable every time. Oh my God. I'm uncomfortable. I feel bad for the donkey. I feel bad for the people in the room who are expecting something else. And then I'm like, well, they got what they deserved because that's it, bestiality. Excuse me. What is, is it, it called? Right? Interspecies erotica. Interspecies erotica is something that is just, it's just, it's just fishy. It's just a fishy practice. Listen, we can talk about your take on that later. I don't Let's talk judge. about the movie. Let's. I don't judge. <laughs> I feel bad for the animals in those scenarios, right? They can't. And, and, and I understand that you should. I'm not sure they are clear with what's going on. Right. But it's a donkey. And I've seen a donkey kick a, a dude like eight feet. Yeah. So maybe Kelly was into it. I don't know. I don't know. But like. The way he talks. Where he's like, Kelly could be a guy's name too. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> What is that line reading? It's, it's good. That's an actor. That's an actor really, really uh, laying in and and getting deep, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. His 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 dancing is atrocious. By the so way, so bad. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. And he's he's wearing the chaps, you know, and the spit take. I mean, oh fuck. my god, it's just it's just unreal when he spits and misses. But we got to keep it because wow. Yeah. Zach Knutson. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know, he but. Tusk. Oh, he was in Tusk. So he used he him again Tusk. later. Yeah. It's just, the whole thing is so weird. I, the whole idea that Randall is going to order a donkey show to say goodbye yeah. to his friend. Yeah, and because they watched it on Bachelor Party. They does it, it happen in Bachelor Party? I've never seen no. Bachelor Party. No, it doesn't happen on Bachelor Party. The, the, there's an erotic dancer who brings in a donkey as kind of like a, just a, like a prop. Oh, uh-huh, weird. And it's a Bachelor Party in the 80s, right? So there's a bunch of quaaludes and cocaine out on like the, the party table. As the woman is dancing, the donkey goes over to the drug table and does all of the drugs. And then hilarity ensues after that. But there's nothing that I recall... <laughs> I may have blocked it out. I don't know. But that I recall that anything happens uh, erotic, interspecies erotica with the donkey and bachelor party. I think it's just a fun reference for the, for the team. Okay. There's some great references uh, all over this movie about other things. VOSQ universe movies, some great oh, yeah. cameos. Um, Jason Lee as Lance Dowds. Welcome well, let's back. just start with, with Ben Affleck. Right in the beginning. Oh, that's true. Yeah, right, right as, out the gate. As, as gawking guy, and of course his characters in Mallrats and Dogma complain about being gawked about. Yeah, and so he's gawking guy. It's so good. And, and I just found just, out he, he ad-libbed that line. He ad-libbed his line. It wasn't supposed to be there. He was just supposed to gawk and leave. It's unhygienic. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he's funny. Oh, he's, he's funny. Great. I love yeah. that. Like, and then we get... You. He's the bomb and phantoms. Such the bomb and phantoms. <laughs> but Jason, bringing it back, he's is in his full, like you said on the previous recording. Girl, uh, <laughs> Lori. Yeah, I'm stealing it, man. I stole it. It's real. Uh, I wonder what he was going through though. His voice is super raspy, right? Yeah, I and think it, he just recorded a podcast. Yeah, it, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but uh, full. My name is Earl. Get up. Um, he really puts our heroes in a tizzy. Sure does. Yeah. Randall, especially yeah. that, that shit cuts deep. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing. This is the thing that's interesting about this movie. They start dealing with their age and 
we try not to be ageist about things. Like, you know, we try to be, it's our journey. Everyone's having their process, uh-huh. but there's some truth to what Lance is saying. Be like, you guys work at a movies. And the fact that he came to see it in all its glory and be like, you guys never did anything. You're grownups that work at a fast food place. And he puts them down so bad. He maligns their experience and their journey so bad that they got to get away and ride some go-karts. Yeah. At a, at a track called Skid Marks. Hilarious. One, I, I had to pause it because I thought I saw it, but one of the billboards at Skid Marks says, no stain, no gain. <laughs> See, but like that go-kart sequence, which should be a pace killer, is such a nice little breath. Like it's right. such a great act break. Absolutely. Right. And with raindrops falling on my head playing. It's, it's so it's, sweet. And, and the nothing movie, wrong with it. And the movie juggles sweet and offensive mm-hmm. really well because it's very oh, yeah. sweet. We see the return of Dante's driving glasses from the first movie, which is yep. so cute. I love his driving, driving glasses. glasses. You love, <laughs> I love it. It's, it's so sweet because <laughs> he, in the first movie, he's like 23. Like, so he's putting on his driving glasses. Like, it's hilarious. Um, but Randall actually expresses that he feels abandoned by his best friend. And that's the first time you see him actually trying to connect with his bro. Be like, you're, you're leaving me. Right. Ah, it's, it's so good. There's, um, uh, there's another montage, the 1979 montage before the donkey show. That's another one where I don't know why it's so sweet, but like it really takes us to a very warm uh, paternal place for Dante Right. Uh, It shows a very complicated moment for Becky when she's trying to figure out. Is she going to get rid of the baby? Yeah. It's. And so there's some heavy stuff sprinkled in. Well, 1979, I think whenever we, whenever you or I hear that, or like men of a certain age or women of a certain age, people of a certain age hear that there is, there is a, a, uh, an angst, right. Or a, or a nostalgia or a, a fond memory that, you know, your first Lollapalooza. Yeah. Like you hear that song and you're immediately taken back and you're like, oh my God, I used to listen to that song and like freak out about where I was going to get into college, oh, yeah. you know, or like where, how I was going to leave all my friends. Right. It's like that song, what a brilliant choice for that particular part of the movie. Absolutely. Well, and the thing is when you hear that song, it's so attached to the baggage of that album. Like when Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness came out, first of all, the title, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Sure, 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 sure. And the first single was Tonight. Yeah. We all had feelings. And then 1979 oh. pushed us over the edge with those feelings. And so to have that in that moment when two characters in a movie that's becomes about three watching characters. them grow up. Three, three characters. characters. really, yeah. It becomes about watching them grow up because Becky's kind of stuck too. As successful oh, and as together as she is, she's also stuck in her mm-hmm. own way. And we've just met her, but we learned this about her. And she, she fucked a guy that she works with and got pregnant. Like, the guy know, that she, it works for her. That guy that works for her that is yeah. engaged. You know, she's, oh, yeah. she's no angel in this. And it's funny because oh, she's no, no angel. No. And they really get us on board with the pairing of Dante and Becky. Yeah. In a way that they never did with the pairing of Kylo Ren and Rey. I said it. I said it. And there's not a fucking thing you can do about it. What do you mean there's a pairing of Kylo Ren and Rey? Exactly. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> it's like I thought that she. I thought that the relationship was between Finn and Rey. I did too. Pretty no. abusive between Kylo Ren and Rey. You know, I, I read Tales from a Most Icely Cantina <laughs> version 17 that it's actually Rey and Poe. They were, they were going to be. Fuck off, man. Fuck yeah. off. That whole fucking shit can fuck right off. Oh, it's such garbage. And I do want to say this is the second time Tales from the Most Isley Cantina has made an appearance on this <laughs> podcast. And I, now I have to read it. I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus H. But yeah, no, the um, the montage. And that's where we see Harley Quinn. Yeah. The little girl in the window and Dante sees her and... And it's like, that's, I think that's his moment of fuck, man, I got to stay here. Yeah. He wants to be a part of this kid's life. Yeah. It's it's a chance for him. It's an opportunity for him to like not fuck it up. It's very cool. Um, Speaking of the pregnancy, that pregnancy reveal coming out of the Jackson five dance sequence on the roof, the Jackson five dance sequence on the roof. Wait, that thing timeout hard stop. 
Hard stop. Here we go. Jackson 5 dance sequence on the roof. So fucking good. How cute is that? It's so oh, great. My God. And well, that's all, the second brilliant pan in when we watch Dante fall or realize, I guess, that he's in love with. Becky. When he's watching her dance. Yeah. Did you notice that when she, she takes him to the roof, she's going to teach him how to dance for his wedding. Yeah. And she calls down to Jane, and Bob, asks for some music. Yeah. Uh, did you notice that Jay said, Lord? Yes. <laughs> what a good dogma reference. So great. Yeah. We're acknowledging the fact that we've met God in the previous right. movie. And that, and that God could conceivably be calling down to Jay. Yeah, because it's happened right. once. Yeah, they're friends. So funny. Um, it was so, like, all the people that come in out of nowhere to join this dance sequence. Yes, and that's where we, we see that the, um, the um, movie's playground is actually a cock and balls. <laughs> that's but what I noticed. But he doesn't slap you in the face with it. No, it's just there. Yeah, you got, it's like, what, what? it's just oh. there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, so they're dancing. He dips her. She's like, I'm pregnant. And he drops her. Hysterical. He says, I love you. Oh, that's right. He says, I love you. I'm pregnant. Boom. He drops her. Slapstick comedy. Uh, another great slapstick comedy moment is earlier when um, fucking Elias with the headset goes to run away <laughs> after they're dancing with him. <laughs> You know, great physical comedy, man. There's a place for it. You hear that? All you directors out there, there's a fucking place for it. Let's bring it back. Absolutely. So the pregnancy reveal, he goes downstairs, immediately tells Randall, because what does a bro do? Tells his best bro. Confides that's just, bro. That's that's just why, how these things work. That's why Randall knows that Emma has an oversized clip. It just came up one day. Yeah, I know, right? No, it didn't just come up. These are things that you tell your homie. Yeah. Yeah. What happened was with that, you told her, you told him right after you saw it and you didn't know you guys were going to get engaged. Right. And so now he knows that's what happened. We've all had that moment. No question. You know, something super personal about somebody I did not think I was going to get a second date with. Yeah. This was just supposed to be something that would make you laugh today. Yeah. And it becomes a thing. And of course, Randall wouldn't let it go. No, he needed to like blood swear him. (laughs) How do you feel? How do you feel about the, uh, the, may your first child be a masculine child. <laughs> Thank you to the Godfather reference. Because, uh, you know, and you know, Randall wasn't like the, the tension was building there because she comes out mm-hmm. and they're, they've just been arguing or talking. Mm-hmm. And she's pausing. Is she figuring out that he's going to say something? No, she's just going to ask him, Can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah. Sure, no problem. And then Randall bleh, bl- blurts it right out. But here's the thing. Good there, was a, there was a window. There was a window for Randall to pretend like he didn't know what was happening. And he yeah, just right. can't do it. He just can't do it. Because, because I think he cares so much about Dante and wants to be involved. I think that's the instinct where you're like, when you know somebody, when you know something about somebody who's like, and how it, and it's a, it, it ties back to your friend, the people that you care about, like you want to get in on it. Yeah. He really does. He really does love Dante a lot. And even though he just has a fucked up way of showing it. So we have the donkey show sequence, which like is like kind of for Randall. Elias is wasted. Everybody's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Becky comes back. She's super cool. She can't stop looking. Yeah. She's grossed out and she's disgusted, but she can't stop looking. And this is the sequence that actually ends up bringing them together. So at the end of the day, Randall did know what Dante needed again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating the way that he lines the beats up. Uh, I love the part when Emma comes back in and she's holding the cake. First of all, she, Oh, cause it's the last day. That's why, that's why she's back with the cake. She comes, yeah. she comes yeah. back in and um, she sees them kissing and she, she puts it all together. She figures out what's happening because yeah. Jay sort of spills the beans about the pregnancy that's right. Yeah. And so he's holding the cake while they're fighting. <laughs> he's like, here, hit this two-topic fuck with this cake. Back to the physical Boom. comedy. Another physical comedy moment. It's hilarious. And then, and then there's like a bad moment for Becky when Emma calls her a whore. Yeah. Keep him whore. Yeah, that was like, You earned that, Becky. Like, you earned she, that. She did. Well, nobody deserves to be called a whore. 
but she did earn. No, you're right. She did she earn the uncomfortable, the anger. awkward moment. Yeah, yeah. She earned the retaliation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the boys get arrested, and they have that final sequence. And can I just say, I really, really, really love that they set it up for Silent Bob to have his same moment from Clerks One, and he's like, "I got nothing." I actually think that's better because it gives. Because it gives Randall the opportunity to get it off his chest. Yes. Like he needs Absolutely. to. And, and just we're seeing two grown men, two grown heterosexual men have to really emotionally connect to each other. Yeah, right. And like the fact that That's that. <laughs> but like that whole thing is really cool that Kevin Smith did that. I think it's the best 10 minutes of scene in the entire fucking thing. It's so good. It's so good. And I'm not, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Randall kind of punched me in my feelings. Sure did. Sure did. Because you watched, you watched the actor going through an emotional state or going through like an emotional journey. And because he didn't cry, right? Like it gave us permission to. Yeah. It was like, okay, he's fighting. He's fighting through this. This is a, like you said, a heterosexual man who's telling his heterosexual man that he loves him yeah, and he doesn't want him to leave. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, you're such a sweetheart. When he's like, I wish I would have known you were just going to up and leave me after a couple of decades. I wouldn't have put yeah. all the time and effort into this. Oh man. It. Yeah. That really hurt my heart. Uh, way to go with the 11th hour Julie Dwyer funeral reference. Yeah, <laughs> like, gotta get her in there. Last minute, gotta bring up Julie Dwyer's right funeral. Yeah. I was, and I thought the movie was legit over. I was like, "There's no way." Yeah, got one more. Was there, there was no Rick Darris, right? I'm right about that. Rick Darris did not appear. I think this is the first time. This is the first Darris-less appearance in a Viewsk Universe movie. I yeah. did not see a Rick Darris moment, okay. which is which made me a little bit sad because Darris always makes an appearance. Sure, fuck somebody oh. in every movie, like you said. Somehow, yeah. Uh, but I, I think I think this one finally liberated us from that. It has been about 20 years, you know what I mean? <laughs> but Randall really loves Dante and it's it's great. Yeah. And and you know what the 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 Jane Silent Bob are gonna help them buy the quick stop with the money from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. It Right. And they it, didn't spend it all beating up kids, which is great as well. Like it's really great. Little, it's just a coin left over. Tidy, tidy script, really, really well thought. Um, and then what the final montage is them like rebuilding the quick stop together, yeah, and painting and, and just yeah. she's replacing a light bulb that he replaced in clerks. Yeah. So good, so many good moments. He proposes to her, first of all. Oh, yes, and Alanis Morissette is playing because God is there. Yeah, good, it's shit. so good. Do you think he used the same ring? That's tacky, right? I thought that, but no. He, he definitely did not. Okay. No. They sold that ring. Okay. Because that's what you do. Right? You can't use the same ring. You know you, you can't. That, <laughs> ring has, that ring has juju on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very, very sweet. Um, Elias applies to RST. Come yeah. On. And, and they're like, play like they're not going to hire him. Yeah. And he just, he does some of the finest fucking mime work I've ever seen. <laughs> like yeah his mouth is agape and he's like is he fighting back tears is he you know what what what, what is going through his mind is till his head is tilted oh it's great i wish i could play it for everybody but it's it's good that kid is so good yeah how answer me this question cj mm-hmm. how did you feel when they put up the i assure you were reopened sign i'm getting a little choked yeah no, i got choked i got choked for sure yeah, the oh, eyes man. I was choked. Oh man, that was good. Yeah. That was so, so good. Amazing. Jay and Silent Bob get back to their post. Everything's where it's supposed to be. Jay's wearing a shirt that says justice. Yeah. We find out what happened to that relationship later. We sure do. And we've wow. already talked about it. <laughs> you know, this is a reboot. Listen, it's gonna and it's gonna be better and more diverse than the last one with more youth. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Fucking better be. I'm, fingers crossed. Uh, had, okay. So like the switch back to black and white though. 
fucking perfect. And the pan out to catch the milkmaid. Jesus. Yep. 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 Kevin's mom just can't find the right fucking gallon of milk. But I love that right, right as it starts to pull back and right as it sort of goes to black and white, Randall and Dante acknowledge it. Yeah. They're looking around. There's a look and it's like, oh, okay. You know, and before that we get the, hey, guess what? You're not even supposed to be here today. I know, which and it sh- that line should have sucked, but it was so good. <laughs> oh, it's because he wanted to come in. Yeah. You know, it's like he's not supposed to be there, but he wanted to come in because he's now in a place where he has embraced who he is, what he's doing, and, and he's, he's fucking happy. You know, I was, in, I was in an interview, a job interview the other day, and the person said, what defines success for you? And I said, it's getting out of bed every single day and enjoying where you go. Ah, that's beautiful. You know, and that's success. That's what Dante has found. Dante and Randall have both found success. And it's funny because Randall, in some ways, had embraced himself more fully a lot earlier than Dante did. Yes, but, but that was it was flawed. It was. It was flawed. What he had embraced and what he and what he was and his trajectory was was flawed. And there was always, you know, an unhappiness underneath in, in the character of Randall. And that's why he was such a prick about everything. Literally everything. You know. I love the end credits line though. Jane saw and Bob might return one day. For now, they're taking it easy. Taking it easy. <sighs> So good. And then he left it open. No, we don't need this big final closure thing. If that was the last Viewers Universe movie ever, we would have been like, you did it, man. Good. Yeah. But and reboot. More, sure, I'll take it. But Jane Silent Bob reboot was very satisfying. We'll find out. We'll talk about that. Let's not give it away. <laughs> Let's right. not give it away, even though we've already recorded it. All right. I was going to say, are we still vacillating between pretending like we didn't record it? Or- no, we've owned that shit from the beginning. Right. We're just, we're, yeah, we're just owning it. Yeah. All right, what works for you about this movie, CJ? I forget. Uh, no, what works for me is the uh, the pacing. Tight, right? The pacing of this movie is so good. We've got how many fucking musical numbers and musical montages do we have? It doesn't stop the flow of the movie. We're constantly learning and building and growing. And like the story centers basically around dante and becky's relationship right with like a very few things on the peripheral but it just keeps moving forward it doesn't stop for anything and it's not a relentless pace but it's just a nice delightful oh i'm just eating my popcorn i'm now now i've got my reese's pcs oh i finished my soda the movie's over the pacing is a is a 100 what about you what works for you Thank you for asking. I got the note. I got the note and I took it. (laughs) Uh, You know what I love about this movie is that it's a film about character growth that actually shows further character growth beyond what we think we're marking. Sure. So like it, it, it exists for us to check in and see where these people are now and see how they've changed and how they've stayed the same. And then it talks about in what ways might these two characters in the next two hours be able to grow further? And I think that's so interesting. Yeah, because we know who they are. Yeah. You know, it's the same shot of him pulling up to the quick stop. Yeah. It establishes right away. Randall doesn't, does, is, is fucking aloof and, and doesn't give a shit. And then what's going to happen now, right? Yeah. Uh, it's so cool. And then they get to grow up. We get to watch them grow up. And, and finally find the success and the, the, the contentment yeah. and what, in that success. Yeah. Uh, for the record, Andrew did not give me that note. That was a note given to me by one of our 17 listeners. But listen, we want you guys to know we're listening to. We're listening. We're listening to. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's right. What's funny about watching these cats grow is that uh, I'm, I'm younger than the ages of the characters at the time of release. Yep. And so when I was in high school watching the first clerks, I really wanted to be them. I thought they were so interesting and so fun. Um, and then watching this one, I was out of college. I was probably about the age that they were in the first movie when this movie came out. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh huh. And so I was having a different experience watching them be grown ups and then watching it again right now. And I'm about the same age as they are. 
it just yeah. it, it hit me in such a different way to see to see the conversations they're having to see the way they're finally ready to verbally connect with their friends you know mm-hmm. yeah. men men don't talk to each other like that a lot yeah to not just communicate on that surface level but to really you know dig deep and and, and talk to each other and be honest it's i gotta stay a mosquito or a fly just flew past your camera it looked like fucking falcor in the sky i was like what's going on here yeah man we got some big ones down here jesus christ Are yeah you i'm okay i'm okay but they're big oh. yeah they're really really big uh what does not work for you about this movie cj not a lot i'll tell you there <laughs> there is there is a lot to freaking love about clerks too uh what doesn't work for me is is, 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 is is one specific moment, and I forget if I'm stealing this from you because it, it hit me last time, but I'm just speaking from the heart. Yeah. When Sean Astin calls Randall the F word. Yeah. Actually, I hate, hate that part. I hate it, and then I hate the bigger slur. I'm not going to say bigger slur, but like the slur later with uh, Randall and Earthquake and Wanda Sykes. I hate that. Um but like I said earlier, like if, if it really is holding the mirror up, then I'm okay with it. But I would love a version of the world where that didn't need to be in it. You know, it's funny. I had the same thing because I'm just not wild about the slur usage because the movie can exist without it. It may be more powerful without it. I understand its inclusion from a writer's perspective, but... I, I wasn't wild about hearing it. Those words are so charged. But again, as a filmmaker, maybe that's what he's trying to get at. Maybe he's trying to elicit a reaction from us. Sure. And I'm, I sure. Wonder I'm just not wild too, about it, though. I wonder, too, if, if the 2020 ear. Sensitive in different ways. It's, yeah, it, it just, it hears things, it just hears things differently now. We've learned um, a lot. Like, which is really the most unfortunate thing, right? Like, yeah. Why, why, is it, why is it only now that we're sort of coming around to that? Oh God, how much time did we blow not, not yeah. getting it? How exactly. much time did we blow? Exactly. But yeah. All right. The big question. Well, not the big question, but the medium question. Does this make the Desert Island top five for you? It did last time. It does. <laughs> it does. I'm taking it. I need this movie. I, I love the colors in the film. I love the the journey that the characters go on. I love the music. I love Jay and Silent Bob in this movie. I this is this is number I guess this is number one on my Desert Island top five currently. I feel that no? it's on my Desert Island top five too. I love it. I think this movie's so solid, and um, I, dare I say, best one in the universe. Honestly, to this point, sure. Yeah, this is the best one. Yep. Best one. Um, I really, really, really love it. Uh, what is your special award, CJ? Clerks 2 receives the Empire Strikes Back Award for making oh. a sequel better than the original. Wow. That's a big award, CJ. Yeah, because as you know, I think Empire Strikes Back is a perfect film. Empire Strikes Back is excellent. It's excellent. I'm How not sure you? it's perfect. Well, in the next episode, you actually try to talk to me about that, and I shoot you down there as well. So I'm going to shoot you down and say, we'll talk about that <laughs> later at a later date. Got it. Uh, tell me Soto's special award. Can I call you Soto? Is that weird? Yeah, honestly, most people do. <laughs> you, you've really held on to Andrew. That's your name. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Soto's special award is the Balance Award. My mouth is agape. Tell me more. The Balance of Humor and Heart. Beautiful. It's an interesting thing as a creator to be able to juggle various tones and have all these tones exist in the same movie. And that's something that Kevin Smith is good at. He can give you various tones. I feel like Chasing Amy is exquisite about various tones. Right. Like you're, you're, you're laughing and you're very uncomfortable. Um, but he's always shown that he has a gift for multiple tones throughout a movie. Yes. Even, even his horror offerings have multiple tones throughout them. Yep. Um, but this one is so finely balanced. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm laughing as much as I'm uh, heartsick, you right. know? As much as you're feeling cringy and uncomfortable. As much as I'm feeling cringy and uncomfortable. Like the balance level is off the charts and that is why he gets that special award. That's right. Yeah. You are in the front seat of the car and no one in the back seat is complaining about the sound. Everybody is enjoying it. No, and it's really good. And and you see the end credits and it's like, I liked that. That's the first thing you think is like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. It made me feel. Really enjoyed it. It made me feel after spending 36 years being largely dead inside. Speaking of 36, oh my God, before we go, the fire truck shows up and it's number 37. <laughs> you know what's funny? I've seen this movie four times now. Didn't notice that. It's truck number 37. Yeah. Oh man, 37. That number keeps coming back. Oh. <laughs> Wait, and we did the Viewsk Universe when I was 37. Oh. I oh met my, my God. I the synergy in this moment, Kevin Smith. Thank you for rebranding the number thirty-seven for us. It's all here. It's all here. Beautiful stuff. Yeah. Is this film an icon or a icon? This movie is an I motherfucking con. Agreed, top to bottom. Yep, there is. It's got everything, like you said. It's got the balance. It's it's a better sequel. It's. It, it's it it takes you on a journey. It, it's characters that you know, but they're presented in a different way. They grow up. It's 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 got everything you want in a movie, man. I'd I'd watch it again right now. If this movie was the Star Wars sequel trilogy, it would be the Prime Jedi. Wow! <laughs> Did I just ruin it for you? I just ruined it. No, you didn't ruin it for me because I love the idea of the Prime Jedi. I just don't yeah. want to. Like go digging through seventeen cartoons to find it. You got to put it in the movie. Just put gotta, it in the movie. You got to put it in the movie. If you're gonna have a fucking concept, don't make me guess what it is. Just say <laughs> it. Yeah. Right. Like, let's go back to Clerks too. We find out that fucking Emma and Dante are engaged because Randall comes out and Emma says, "Can't you just leave me alone, with my fucking fiance?" Thank you for t- letting us know that you're his fiance. Yeah, it's just there. It's just there. Yeah, because good filmmaking requires keeping your audience abreast of what is happening. Storytelling. If you're going to tell me a story, make sure that you tell me the story. Oh, yeah. Anyway, CJ, this was fun. I'm happy we did this. This, Dare I say, this was even more fun the second time than the first. Absolutely. There's no question that this was a better experience for the both of us. Yeah. (laughs) I appreciate you, CJ. Should we introduce ourselves and sign out? One last time. For I think all let's seven. do it. Let's. One let's last get time. Ready. All right. One Off last time. One last time. Say your name for me, Andrew. One last time. My name is Andrew David Sotomayor. I am CJ LaRoche, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>